Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and I have a trio of guests today. Yes, very first time on this podcast, three guests. Uh, this is, this is going to be interesting. I'm excited to see how this turns out. Uh, my guests today are Dr. Judy Scott. She is the assistant professor in the College of Nursing and Health Sciences at UCCS. Uh, I also have Penny Whitney, who is the president at Apani Partners. And Alina Solorzano, the executive director at Liberty Heights. First of all, did I get all of that right? Yes. Right. Yes. Fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. How's everyone doing today? Doing good. Terrific. Terrific. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. It is a really nice day outside. And actually, from where I'm sitting, I have a really great view of Pikes Peak. It's really hard to complain right now. Uh, so today, we'll be talking about the JAWS program, and you'll learn what JAWS is in just a minute, and uh, how they are putting American Rescue Plan Act grant funds to good use in the community. Uh, but first, if you're interested in more stories about ARPA funding throughout El Paso County, or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. All right, time to get into it. Let's start by sharing a bit about the JAWS program, its background. Uh, how did the concept come about, and what is the program's main mission? I think, uh, Dr. Judy, we're going to go to you for that one. Oh, that's great, and thanks for having us today, Scott. Absolutely. UCCS and El Paso County um, partnered together early in 2022 after the request of El Paso County to address the long-term care workforce crisis that was only exacerbated by the pandemic. And so they asked us to go ahead and submit proposals for recruitment and retention strategies for workforce. So faculty at UCCS in upper levels, I will say, in the professorship reached out to me and asked, given that they knew I am a researcher on aging topics, if we would be interested in submitting a proposal. Penny Whitney of Apani Partners and I have worked on other projects in the community for aging, so we put our pens together and put this uh, to paper and jumpstart the Aging Workforce Solutions was born, or lovingly dubbed JAWS, <laughs> taking a bite out of the long-term care workforce. Very nice. And so approximately how many people have been able to benefit from this program? I do know it's a little bit early on, uh, but do you have any uh, feedback on that yet? Scott, that is a really good question, and it's an exciting one, because when Judy and I first started talking about this concept, it was really a concept because we were still in the midst of the, the ravaging um, impact of COVID on long-term care. And with my firm, we have done a lot of work in the long-term care space, so the, the workforce shortage was, was front and center for everybody. So we identified um, three buckets. If we had a magic wand, we would love to get long-term care professionals at the table to help us say, this is what we need and this is how we can do it. Education, absolutely key, higher ed, but K through 12 for years, people are saying, how can we get young people interested in long-term care? And then community partnerships, because the, the whole center soul of JAWS is community-based. 
So it's exciting. Today we have about 100 plus names on our JAWS partner resource list. So we wow. are excited. Yeah, that is very exciting, 100. That is quite a lot. And, and is all of that here local in El Paso County? Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. The focus is El Paso County. Excellent. And so I want to, Dr. Judy, go back to you for this one. Can you talk about how important it is for UCCS, the driver of this JAWS program, how important is it for them to be seen as a pillar within the community here in El Paso County? Well, for the university, we all know that we're not the, going to be the ivory tower up on a hill that doesn't <laughs> reach out into the community. And uh, university advancement, very clear that we need to partner across the county to make a difference. Um, the College of Nursing and Health Science, in the same way, we're respected for our health science graduates. And our nursing program is ranked very high in the country. Um, and we wanted to see more of that work going on. And now you mentioned transparency, I think, earlier. It's very clear that we teach people and give them degrees and launch them in communities. But we want to know we're making a difference, too. So these community-based initiatives are our way of giving to the community and joining with our other higher education and career technical partners. That was a big surprise for this one because it's not just UCCS that we're working with. We're working with Pikes Peak. We're working with the technical colleges. And I think that's a good transition point. I, I do want to talk about some of those partnerships. So, and I'll make this open to anyone here. Uh, can you talk to me about some of those organizations that have been able to benefit from this partnership of the JAWS program? I'll speak to that. Um, so as a nursing home administrator and also a licensed registered nurse, I actually went to UCCS and graduated there from Bethel. So I was really excited when I was um, asked to be a part of this JAWS workforce because uh, I know that UCCS has great programs, and I know that they have the capability to really reach a lot of people in El Paso County and our communities. Um, from a perspective of long-term care and how our workforce has been severely depleted, um, especially with the pandemic, um, due to the pandemic, if I'm honest, um, we've had in El Paso County, the Pikes Peak region alone, we've had five long-term care communities that have closed mm -hmm. since the pandemic has started. And the reason they closed was because they didn't have enough staff to care for the residents. And then subsequently you get into regulatory trouble and it's kind of all downhill from there. Um, so I think the importance of having this collaboration and having people outside of long-term care um, use us as a voice and help to change that image that a lot of people have of long-term care and what that means. Um, I can speak from myself. When I was in nursing school, long-term care was not at the top of my list for places I wanted to work as a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. um, and after exposure to it, and I, I just grew to love it, and I will never work anywhere <laughs> that's not <laughs> long-term care and working with elders. I just, I, you have to have a passion for it. Um, and so not only in nursing, but there's so many other departments that um, we're trying to showcase here for long-term care. We have dining staff, we have social workers, we have um, activities and programs and engagement. And so there's just a lot more to long-term care than a lot of people are aware of. So I 
think just getting us on mm-hmm. the map and having that exposure is, is really good. And, and JAWS has been very impactful with that. And we look forward to all the changes that are going to come. That's wonderful. And I'm wondering too, just for people who are listening, can you talk more about that snowball effect of those five communities closing and what, what impact does that have on you here at Liberty Heights and other long-term care facilities? Um, well, as a community in El Paso County alone, um, we're all very tightly knit, the long-term care communities are. So, you know, when a community closes, now you're having to displace all of those residents who lived there. And so we have to come together and find new placement for those residents, um, which then require staff to care for those new residents. Um, and some of the staff just have left long-term care altogether. Um, burnout, COVID's been really hard um, yeah. and it's affected long-term care tremendously. What so, are you saying? Jenny, well, I was thinking say? of the impact on our acute care hospitals and able oh. to. Okay, so in addition, that means that when people are coming out of the hospital or needing to come to skilled care, they have no place to go. Long-term care is a business community, as Alina identified. And the business community has been the long-term care business community in the state of Colorado and certainly in El Paso County with the closure of five facilities. That's because they're not able to keep their doors open. And um, the cost of staffing, and Alina probably could speak to this more articulately than I, but because there aren't the available staffing resources to hire, agency staffing is being used. It is much more expensive, causing a huge um, financial, excuse me, business burden. Then you have the people impact. So JAWS is really looking at long-term care as a business, as a workforce issue, but most importantly, it's a people issue. The other impact that um, people may not be aware of is that at the hospital, we have numerous residents who are looking for placement who might need skilled nursing or might need to be placed in a long-term care community, and we just don't have the beds available um, because we don't have the staff available to care for those people. So as a nursing home administrator, one of my roles is when we get a referral from the hospital, I have to make sure that we are able to meet their needs. Otherwise, I cannot accept them and bring them into our community and not give them the care that they deserve. Um, so it's kind of a, it, it trickles mm-hmm. I mean, it affects everybody in that way. Yeah. So I, I want to get a little bit more specific into the program itself. So after submitting the grant request to the county, uh, the JAWS program was awarded $150,000 of that ARPA funding. Uh, can you guys talk about what the money has gone to fund? Love to. And th- Thanks, Scott, for that question. JAWS um, has a a four-pronged approach. The first one would be what we're doing here is bringing value and awareness to careers in long-term care. And we're doing that by visiting classrooms and by really increasing the number of people who come and tour our university health science programs Um, and then with specific focus on careers in aging. So we've been able to quadruple at least the numbers of students that we've brought through 
um, not just university students or classroom visits, but also high school, even down to middle school, uh, with bigger plans for engagement for that. That's one, the awareness piece. The second is that we did community listening sessions, first with our long-term care leadership, like Alina at Liberty Heights, um, then with a pool of educators, and that included faculty from UCCS, high school, early college, and across the levels. And so taking that was our second pool of listening. And then our third session was from our community partners, including nonprofits like Innovations in Aging, the Area Agency on Aging, BBCAG, Goodwill, Salvation Army, and we have, as I said, we have a, a pretty big list of partners. When we took all that together, then we get ready for next steps. And our next steps are creating student internships, not just for high school, early college, but also for university students who haven't chosen a career yet. It doesn't have to be nursing or healthcare. It could be dining services or facilities. So that's the one big piece that we're spending that money to do. And then we're really excited about our March 2nd. Oh, sure. What's going on March 2nd? <laughs> well, March 2nd, we're coming to Burger Hall at UCCS. We're inviting the entire campus, our high school partners, all the pools of, of partners on our list to come and um, really rethink and have a community conversation about careers and long-term care, plus a career fair. And we've got some pretty exciting speakers and activities that we're going to highlight when we're there. From then, that's going to kick off our internships and employment because our long-term care partners will even have tables there so they can sign on people right there. Wonderful. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, so for those who do want to get involved in the JAWS program, whether from the student side, you know, they hear internships and they're like, yes, that sounds great. Or if uh, they are involved in the medical program already at UCCS, or if they're partners that want to get involved with the JAWS program. Uh, how can any of those parties go about doing so? Well, I'm assuming that our contact available will be somehow here, our emails? Yes. yes. Okay, so either our emails, and we also have a JAWS email. It's just very simply JAWS, J-A-W-S, at uccs.edu. You know, one of the other things, certainly the outreach and the energy, surprising energy, actually, that's come from the K through 12 system and our state partnership with the community college system. That is an important focus. But another focus of JAWS is really addressing the workforce need, looking at the target audience of older workers, those people that would like a third career, that um, really are looking for something new. People are living longer. Some people, unfortunately, maybe not unfortunately, actually, have the opportunity to go on working many years. Um, so this is going to be a t another important target of the JAWS program, is looking at the encore workers, as we call them. And this really highlights, I think, Scott, the importance of our community partners. Listening, I listened to your podcast with Salvation Army, 
And Salvation Army is one of our community partners. And in a conversation with their outreach person saying, we have people all the time that need to identify career opportunities. This is a wonderful way for us to identify solid career opportunities that we hadn't even thought about. So that would be another example, I think, of how JAWS is going to provide positive impact in our community across the age continuum. Well, one more thing, too. We have a veteran center here at the university and a high population of military in this town. Um, so when veterans come back or, or have, are finished with their deployment, I'm not military, but <laughs> they are also career seekers. And that's another group of folks that we are hoping to reach with JAWS. Wonderful. And so I'm wondering, is there a personal story that you can share as someone who has benefited from the services? I know we're, we're pretty early on in, in the program and, it, and its genesis, uh, but is there anything that you have already seen that you can share? I think I've got a good story, Scott. Oh, wonderful. Because I've been doing those classroom visits, mm -hmm. and I've, this is the first year that I've gone to freshman, pre-major um, classrooms to see and talk about um, what they're considering for careers. And they have um, short, what they call compass classes, that really help students get engaged with college life, see what it's like, think about what their majors might be. So when I was invited, um, I can see their faces. Ah, a career in aging. I never thought about it. I always thought I wanted to work in the ICU. You know, you're a nurse, tell me. But no, they, they're I, I can see myself working maybe with older people. After I talk about my research and stuff, that's one part. But the other one is during those high school tours, we had one middle school student who came in and I asked him, what do you think of older people or working with older people for a career? And I said, well, they're a little set in their ways. Might be a little stubborn. But one younger boy, the one middle school student in that group looked at me and he said, no, they are wise, and they have a great deal offer. And at the end of those classes and the tours, I always ask for a minute paper. I give them a piece of paper and a pencil, and I say, right, just for a minute, what was your favorite thing in today? Often they want the cadaver lab, or they wanted to do the CPR exercise. Um, but one wrote, you know what? I think a career in aging is right for me. Thank you for sharing that. That was really nice. So before we close here, I just want to ask uh, each of you, is there anything else that you'd like to add about the JAWS program, those that may benefit, uh, benefits you've already seen, anything that comes to mind uh, that you would like to add for listeners? You know, one thing, Scott, is as we think about the potential value, certainly the light that COVID shined on long-term care, especially being the impetus for the JAWS program, but when we look ahead to the future, uh, I think that the demographics, one thing that surprises many people is that Colorado is one of the three fastest aging states in the nation. In Colorado, our 65 plus population is expected to grow by 49% by 2030. So we're not only trying to 
stabilize a workforce that was hit hard under COVID, by COVID, but we are actively engaging, just like the young youth that Judy talked about, people that will be part of this growing workforce for the future. That's what's really exciting about JAWS, I think, is the forward-looking nature of it. So, Alina, I bet you will agree with me that whatever we do for our aging workforce and for our older residents, we're actually doing for all of us as we walk that sidewalk path of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think another thing just to mention with um, with Penny's comment in our aging population that we have here, um, that there's definitely job security in long-term care. Um, we are, you will always find a job. If you apply at any long-term care facility around town, you don't have to be licensed or certified. We have administrative roles. We have, like I mentioned, dining services, activities. There are a lot of opportunities in long-term care communities that most people aren't aware of. And if you just apply and go speak with somebody and say, I don't know what I want to do, what, what do you have? We will interview you and we will get you doing something. <laughs> no, I, and I think that's a valuable thing to add. I mean, it, currently where we're at, inflation is certainly something that's on people's minds. You know, when it's $8 for a dozen of eggs, you know, I, I think that impacts just about everybody. And so the statement of, you know, there is job security here. I think that means a lot to people. Sticking to kind of that concept of, 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 Obtaining a job and the job security. Alina, how long have you been working here at Liberty Heights? I've been at Liberty Heights for two years. Okay. Uh, my previous community was also a long-term care, and I was there for 13 years. Okay. So been in the business for 15 years. Almost 20. Almost, oh, geez. There was one before that, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's all been since I, need I was to check, a nurse. Uh, check my facts. All right. I've got that written down. Need, since I need to I've been a registered nurse, I have only worked in long-term care. In long-term care. Nursing. You mentioned it wasn't necessarily the first thing you looked at when you were looking at nursing, mm -hmm. right? But now that you've been in it for nearly 20 years, what's the appeal? Like, why, why is it something that you're like, you know what, this really was for me and this really could be for somebody else? Connection, relationships. I, I just adore everybody who I work with. I love my residents. I, and those are the staff we're looking for, ones that who, a lot of times when I interview people and I say, you know, what made you want to work with, seniors. And they, they all have stories of my grandmother, or I took care of my grandpa, or, and so there's that connection piece that somebody in their life, they cared for, and they loved. And so it brings that, um, that relational piece to it. So I think um, it's interesting, I was actually talking to one of my servers in our uh, dining room this week, and she came from I think Texas Roadhouse, a restaurant here in town. Um, and she was a, a waitress there and it was fast paced and hustle bustle. And I said, how's everything going? She's doing great. She's an amazing server, server here. And so I asked, you know, well, what was your experience? Why is this different here? And she says, I love that I wait on the same people every night and I get to know them and I know what they want and they're, they have so much to offer. And I just think the rewards that come with long-term care and, and getting to know the residents who you care for versus being a waitress at a steakhouse, it's, you just can't compare it. And so for people who really want to feel like they're making a difference within the lives of others, it's, it's just a great place to be. I would start with long-term care. Well, thank you everyone for joining me, Dr. Judy, 
appreciate it. Penny and Alina, thank you again for joining me. I know this getting everyone together like this, not always the easiest thing, but thank you for taking the time. I think the conversation was really great and beneficial for people who will be listening. So again, thank you everyone for uh, taking the time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. If you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, uh, you can search for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.